0: An early edition of Baldry's Beat today, Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Hey, Keith.
1: Hey, happy Friday.
0: Thanks for coming in early. And the reason we got you on now instead of 10 o'clock is traditional because we got live news conference here at 10 a.m. Dr. Bonnie Bonnie Henry. Yeah, you're preempted by Bonnie Henry and Adrian Dix. That's kind of unusual to do in a 10 a.m. news. We'll bring you that live at the top of the hour here. What do you anticipate there?
1: Yeah, I think the focus is going to be on the recent real increase in hospitalizations of COVID-19. I think we're going to get a breakdown of who's going into hospital. Like, for example, yesterday, the official report was there was a decline in hospitalizations from 895 on Wednesday to 891 yesterday. But that's a net decline. What really, the number of people who tested positive in hospitals from day to day was 158 people, which is not a decline. It's just that 162 people came out of hospital. So I think we're gonna get a breakdown on, on who's going in a hospital right now. How, how old are these people? Uh, are they vaccinated, are they unvaccinated? There's also, I hope we get that breakdown on this, and Dr. Henry said we were gonna get this, the difference between direct uh, COVID-19 uh, patients and what are called incidental patients. So the direct are people who feel so sick, they've got all the symptoms, they've got fever, they've got chills, they've got you know, loss of sense of, of smell and taste or whatever. And they go to hospital because they feel so sick. But then there's another group of people, and this is a large group of people, who are in hospital for other reasons, to get medical treatment for something else. And while they're in there, they test positive for COVID-19. They may not have the symptoms, and they may not think they have COVID-19. So in Ontario, the breakdown of those two categories is 55 to 45, 45% incidental. Dr. Henry, in the briefing That's last That's a lot. It is. Big, that's a big portion of the people. Yeah, yeah. and, and uh, a limited look at the data last week, or earlier this week, it's hard to keep track sometimes, it was a similar finding in Vancouver Coastal, of yeah. 55-45, so almost half the cases are incidental. People just happen to have COVID-19, but they're in hospital for something else. And the other category we don't know are people actually getting COVID-19 while they're in hospital. Mm. We had yeah. a story on last night, Ch- Cheneke had a story on last night. We got a document from Royal Columbian Hospital, an, an internal memo basically saying that they have to put COVID-19 positive cases in the same ward or nearby uh, people who are not positive because there's so many people going into hospital right now, they just don't physically have the space to separate them into different cohorts. I think that's happening at other hospitals as well. Fraser Health in particular is really being hit hard. Half the cases every day are in Fraser Health, which means they're in Royal Columbia, Surrey Memorial, Abbotsford General, by and large, those are the big three. And that's where we're seeing a real spike in cases.
0: Okay, that news conference coming up here at the top of the hour. and We're going to bring you that live today here at 10 a.m. Something that Dr. Bonnie Henry said this week jumped out at me, and I know it, I know it did for you as well, when she was warning people against misinformation about the vaccines or COVID that they might see online and social media. I thought it was interesting. Here's what she had to say, and then I'll get your thoughts. Dr. Bonnie Henry. Encourage people to not pay attention to many of the things that are spreading on social media and, and Facebook and some of these posts. Vaccines do not change your DNA. Vaccines do not affect fertility now or in the future. Vaccines do protect you from infection and from serious illness. And we know that they are very, very safe. So, you know, pointing out that, okay, the vaccine doesn't change your DNA. Why did she think it was important to say that? I think
1: it's tied to the relatively low uh, vaccination rate for parents getting their kids age 5 to 11. Mm -hmm. That's where there's a a problem right now. The vast majority of British Columbians have two doses of vaccine. It's not a problem for them. They don't believe these internet um, conspiracy theories. They don't believe these crazy websites out there. But there is misinformation being spread, particularly aimed at young parents uh, with their kids, the uh, vaccination rate for 5- to 11-year-olds is, is still yet to crack 50%. The vaccination rate for 5- and 6-year-olds, I think, is like 24%, 25%. And we've sort of stalled on this, where it's it's really a grind. It's only about, it had been about 4,000 kids a day. I think it's even lower than that now. There's 350,000 kids in that age cohort and it looks like it's going to be a long time before we, we crack 80% or 90% if we ever get there. And I think her comments were tied to that. It's, it's, okay. you know, it's not a problem for uh, everybody over the age of 12 because it's 90% plus. But for kids at 5 to 11, there's a lot of hesitancy. What's the vaccine parents. rate for kids that in that cohort? I think it's uh, 45% wow. right now. But again, it, it varies. Um, th- there's a big difference between 5-year-olds uh, and 11-year-olds. Uh, yep. 11-year-olds are much higher. Also, in, geographically, It's different. Um, You've got uh, Vancouver Coastal. I think it's fifty-six percent in the north. I think it's yet to crack thirty percent for kids. kids, For kids,
0: yeah. Okay. Uh, Let me ask you about um, some local politics here. That's going to be really fascinating, and that is Surrey Mayor Doug McCallum, who, by the way, is has a court date next week on that public mischief charge mm-hmm. that he faces now, uh, causing him lots of trouble. And now you see this guy is wounded as the mayor of Surrey, and the sharks are circling here. There's a lot of sharks out there. <laughs> there, there are. So all of a sudden, it's like everybody wants to run to be the next mayor of Surrey. So you got uh, Suk Dhaliwal, a long-serving liberal MP. You got Jenny Sims, the, the NDP MLA, both of them saying they're, they may be interested in the job. Let's have a listen to this report here from Global News. Councilor Brenda Locke has already announced she's running. Also expressing interest in the job, MLA Jenny Sims. Another possible contender, Councilor Linda Annis, who says she hasn't yet decided. This as Mayor Doug McCallum faces criticism about lack of transparency involving the policing transition. And there's the public mischief charge against him. Of course, Sukh Dhaliwal faced his own criminal matter in 2014 pleading guilty to three charges of tax evasion. Surrey's mayoral race only getting more interesting. Okay. Okay. So Suk Dhaliwal, yeah, he gets rung up on tax evasion. So did his wife. Yeah. And yeah. now it's like he's the favorite to be the mayor?
1: Or what's going on? Well, you know, Brenda Lock's running too. Yeah. Former MLA uh, city councilor. Uh, Ginny Sims, you know, it's interesting. Ginny Sims was removed from cabinet, if you recall. There,
0: she was under investigation yeah. by the RCMP. She, it, was she was cleared. She cleared, but yeah. uh, the
1: path back to cabinet doesn't seem to be very clear for her. So yeah. I wonder if she's thinking her political future might be best suited in the, in the mayoral office. Fascinating though. I think they obviously sense McCallum's vulnerable here. Yeah. Court, court appearance or no court appearance, uh, there's a lot of controversy in Surrey right now. Surrey municipal politics are always the, the best in, in B.C. I was
0: just looking up uh, Suk Dhaliwal's record here on tax evasion. So he originally faced like 14 counts of tax evasion. He pleaded guilty on a few of them. He was fined, fined $5,000 for tax evasion, mm-hmm. and it went back to a, a corporation he and his wife were running for real estate development, a consulting company that bought and sold real estate, and he was rung up for failing to file corporate tax you, returns. You can, be sure McCallan,
1: you can be sure McCallum will be talking about that <laughs>
0: if uh, if he decides to run against okay, him. Okay, but it, it clearly has not ruined his career. No. Okay. All right. You know, he might be, He might. maybe he'd be the next Surrey Mayor. We'll see. So let's talk a little of politics across the pond here now. This, this is the to. one we've been following closely um Boris Johnson the the UK Prime Minister we've got that looming report coming out now about party gate the parties Mm -hmm. that happened at 10 Downing Street allegedly against COVID regulations and the calls increasing for Boris Johnson to resign let's listen to this exchange here in the British House of Commons you're going to hear Ian Blackford here he is the leader of the Scottish National Party have a listen the public overwhelmingly
1: think that the Prime Minister should resign trust has been lost and the public will not forgive or forget if the prime minister has no sense of shame then the tory backbenchers must act to remove him they know the damage is done this weak and contentious prime minister can no longer limp on the message from the public is clear
0: remove this unfit prime minister from office and do it now do it now any, any
1: excuse to run a Scottish MP's <laughs> Bro on hey to That guy's it's awesome. Fabul- yeah. So, yeah, it's a fascinating story what's developing over there. Not really sure which way this is going to go. The Conservatives, we were talking off air, about a Conservative MP crossed the floor to the Labour Party, which is called ratting in the, the British. Ratting.
0: Ratting. Uh, mm.
1: Churchill ratted a couple times, if you recall, <laughs> went from party to party. Uh, and that may have rattled the Conservatives to think, oh, wait a minute here. Uh, we just certainly don't want the Labour Party back in power. Uh, You know, they they won so many Labour constituencies in the last election under Boris Johnson that were, you know, um, uh, off limits to the Conservatives for years. And so there was a breakthrough uh, there. So Johnson's, uh, you know, it's tough to take out a leader who doesn't want to leave. So we've seen that experience unfold in many times in B.C. and Canadian politics. So he still holds a lot more cards than his opponents do because, again, there's no heir apparent, uh, an obvious successor to him. And the Conservatives have to be concerned about the prospect of Labour getting in.
0: Yeah, the BBC reporting yesterday that that Conservative MP who crossed the floor to the Labour Party are ratted on the conservatives, as, as you said, that maybe that have, ha, might have some people who were wanted Johnson to quit. Sober to, to say, like, wait a sec, you know, we're going to tear, tear ourselves apart here mm-hmm. over this thing. I think the key is going to be the release on that report. There's an independent investigation into these parties, this party gate scandal. Yep. And we anticipate that's going to be next week that we see that yeah, report.
1: And the other factor there, he's now, um, Lifted all the restrictions. And when there's yep. still a lot of cases flying around. COVID restrictions. If we suddenly see a huge spike in people going to the hospital or deaths, that's going to be at his, laid at his feet. And his political opponents will make sure of that. So he's he's sort of rolling the dice on that front as well.
0: Okay. If you've been following that one, you want to weigh in on it with your thoughts, give me a call on it right now. We'll take a break. Open the phone line. 604 280 9898 is the number 604-280-9898 star 9898 on your cell also talking surrey politics here uh, Doug McCallum, the Surrey mayor, he's facing that public mischief charge. He's got a date in court next week. And now we see lots and lots of people suddenly want to become the next mayor of Surrey. Liberal MP, Suk saying he's interested in this job. Would you vote for this guy? Phone me and tell me. Ginny Sims, the NDP MLA, she's interested. couple of Surrey councillors also interested in taking over as mayor of Surrey. Call me on that, too. Uh, we also talked about uh, the COVID numbers, in, especially in hospital phone me on that as well 604-280-9898 is the number to call let's go to louise in surrey hi louise go ahead
1: good morning Baldry's beat my favorite thing about CKNW. Oh, um ah, i i i'm a parent of a child with autism and i was listening to the uh, liberal leadership debate the other night and somebody actually said the word autism
0: mm-hmm
1: and I think Keith and, and Mike, you're both aware of the situation going on with MCFD, trying to claw back individualized funding for mm-hmm. our children. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, Keith, I'd, I'd be really interested in your opinion. How do parents fight back on this? This was concocted by some bureaucrat over in, in Victoria, put parents into turmoil. How do we get the NDP to actually pay attention to the harm that they're causing to children? really good question you know it's it's hard to pressure governments right now what I've noticed is the usual pressure points have disappeared in the pandemic we, I remember a few years ago there was a clawback of disab- of benefits for disabled women uh, from uh, their uh, uh, also support payments mm-hmm. and it was really unfair but they came over here to the legislature. And they uh, they just stuck, they met with reporters, they met with the opposition, they were very public, they were very visible, and it got the attention of the government in a way that uh, normally wouldn't occur. And they were successful in, in changing that policy. I would suggest, again, I think some of the parents have been over to Victoria, but until the legislature returns in a normal fashion, when you've got all the people here and pay, paying attention to all the time, it's tough to put pressure on government right now. Protest rallies don't seem to do it. Uh, letter-writing campaigns don't seem to do it. It's more, again, make your case in the media, put the pressure on the government through that way, and again, come over to Victoria and and try to do it in a personal way. It has happened once already with with some of the parents, and the government is feeling the heat on this. There's no question, but they have yet to change the policy, but I wouldn't uh, rule that out down the road.
0: I think that's really interesting, the points you just made. Um, I'll tell you, though, if there's anyone that's can be really tough and put a lot of pressure on this government. It is the moms Mm -hmm. of autistic kids because we've talked to them on the show. They're very organized and they're really putting pressure on the government over this this funding issue. But you're right. I think COVID has changed it. The other one that I I vividly recall was when the previous liberal government tried to cancel bus passes for disabled people. And remember, there were these incredible... Uh, rallies on the front steps of the legislature Dis- disabled people showing up in droves like in wheelchairs and walkers and disabled kids and their parents saying, like, don't take our bus passes away oh yeah and you've got like, the government in the in the hallways saying, no we we have to take them away well i'm like are you guys crazy you remember the one they were they closed
1: down the legion near the, the <laughs> legislature and the veterans you know with their medals and uniforms got on the front steps and that that was reversed pretty quick yeah that's
0: that kind of stuff is <laughs> devastating um, and I think this issue over funding for uh, autistic kids could... Could very well be similar. It's uh, not over. If you listen to the government, the government is saying, well, what we're trying to do is make it fairer because there, there are other disabled kids who are like fetal alcohol syndrome, for example, that don't have that sort of dedicated funding for programs. Mm-hmm. So they're saying, we're trying to make this more equitable, which you can kind of understand. Well, you would but you've got autistic parents of autistic kids saying, like, wait a sec, okay, that's fine, but don't punish people. Yeah, me for so
1: it. The, one of the counter arguments is, uh, okay, change the system, but grandfather the people who already get the benefits. Don't claw those back. Let them continue on because they've, you know, I've talked to parents of autistic children, they've now used those benefits to structure their life, uh, and they've been doing it for years, and to suddenly take that away from them just throws them into total chaos and upheaval. So the argument is, okay, change the system, but grandfather the people, let them remain whole in terms of the benefits they get now.
0: Okay, I agree with you. I don't think this one's over at all, for sure. 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898 on your cell. Let's try David again, see if we can get him this time. David and Surrey. hi hey mike
1: uh i'm just phoning about kids vaccinations uh, i registered my son as a he's a 10 year old boy uh, and you go through the process you get your confirmation and it says you have to wait to get your invite it's now almost two months later and i still haven't received his invite what? for his vaccination and he's 10 years old yep so send me an email I can I can fix that for you. What's your, e- what's
0: your email address,
1: Keith? Keith.Baldry at GlobalNews.ca. Baldry's R-E-Y.
0: Yeah, and if you forget that one, you can send it to me. Is a bit easier. Mike at CKNW. Okay, David, that easier. Send, send that to me, <laughs> and I'll make sure Keith gets it. Mike at CKNW.com. Great. Okay, please, please do that. Mm-hmm. And um, either myself or Keith will pass that on to the minister's office. I'll tell you what, <laughs> that gets action. Oh, I've gotten,
1: two of us have gotten a lot of people uh, their shots when they've been falling through bureaucratic hell. So please
0: please do that. Keith, thanks for coming in. All right. Have a great weekend. All right. Same to you. That's Keith Baldry. That is Baldry's Beat. We got an early edition of that because at the top of the hour here, we have a live news conference. So we've got Dr. Bonnie Henry. We have Health Minister Adrian Dix. They're coming up here at 10 a.m. in just a few minutes. And we expect to be getting an update on some of the hospitalization numbers in British Columbia from COVID-19 and the concerns around that. Some of the hospital numbers going up. Are ICU numbers up, Keith? Did you say? ICU numbers are up. So we'll expect to get an update on that. Also, the methods for counting and quantifying the number of cases in hospital.